0: Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are going to talk about how the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross impacted my thoughts on the COVID-19 virus. And we've got a great guest to talk to about it. But first, I wanted you to talk about the fact that you do have the COVID virus.
1: Yes, I do. I'm COVID-19 positive. I have been since uh, March 22nd, and I started getting symptoms on the 17th. So it's been a while. I, I thankfully feel like I'm at the end of it. I definitely have a very persistent cough and I'm very tired, but other than that, my symptoms
0: are gone. Great, well, we're glad you're feeling better. So introduce our guest today. She's uh, an hey. amazing person.
1: She is, she's a very good friend. She's been on a lot of our shows. Um, she's an expert in the world of grief and loss and her name is Diane Gray. I know some of you know her, probably many of you out there know her. Um, we're gonna be talking with her today on how Elizabeth Kubler-Ross impacted my thoughts on COVID-19. Diane is a bereaved mom to Austin who died at 14. She is the Chief Innovation and Advocacy Officer for Oclivity Health Solutions. She is the former president and current board member for the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross Foundation and she speaks all over the world. She is an author, and she is a dear friend. So welcome to the show, Diane.
2: Thank you, Heidi. Hi, Gloria, great to see you both today.
0: Hi, it's really good to see you. I know you've been involved with the Elizabeth Kubler-Rosser on the board. You were the president at one time. I just thought uh, this whole thing has reminded me about my thoughts on Elizabeth Kubler-Ross because uh, I was working as a nurse during when her book came out on death and dying and and looking at people and saying that people uh, were being ignored when they were uh, dying and we all to me over all these years it, she has impacted us so much and there's been such a turnaround on thinking about grief and loss and you know people talk about it more now and now here we are in the middle of this COVID virus and I just think of her thinking she said that these people were alone who were dying at the t- her time and making us more aware of that and now we're having trouble taking care of those people because of all the restrictions. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she would be absolutely heartbroken uh, if she were alive today.
2: Elizabeth was, you know, coming into her career in terms of hospice and end of life care and death during the AIDS epidemic. And, you know, remember when AIDS was first, you know, made known and and physicians became aware of AIDS, um, people were terrified. Right. There was mass panic about aids very similar um, to what's going on with coronavirus people die at that time of aids and it's a very serious thing and so is coronavirus i mean it's, it's heartbreaking but i think also elizabeth taught us to first of all always focus on love right yeah. love now love always love unconditionally that was one of Elizabeth's main messages. And Elizabeth also felt, though, that people do not necessarily die alone. Now, mm-hmm. they might die alone in the physical space in a room, but that people from the other side were also visiting them. There's a new book out on the topic as well by Dr. Kerr at Hospice of Buffalo. It says yeah. and that people from the other side might visit.
0: Right, I uh, love that I've got to say one thing about that because I heard a minister on television talking about how sad it was that these people are dying alone and they're alone. And I thought, what? You're a minister. I was thinking of Elizabeth and the thoughts that she said, you're a minister. We don't die alone. In In essence, we do leave this physical world alone. But why are you saying we die alone? I
1: agree with what you're both saying. And I'm thinking of all the stories and all the things that I've experienced where, as you said, Diane, where at the end, you can hear my mother-in-law, she was speaking with her mother. My father-in-law was speaking with Franzie Fountain, you know, the Korean War with, you know, and they were there at their bedsides. And they were in, they were kind of in both worlds at the end, this mm-hmm. one and the next one. Like you said, they they weren't alone. They were surrounded with love and with people that had already passed.
2: Uh, Absolutely. So I think for your audience, that is one thing that I would love to ask people just to, you don't have to agree with me or with you all, but just open up your hearts to the the concept that maybe there's another way to look at that. But also too, I think I'd I'd like to also acknowledge the, the pain and the suffering of the people who are surviving. Maybe yes, that's yes. really what we can address, the big we can look at here. It is so painful to not have mm-hmm. access to the dying person that we love so much. So maybe that, that's My, my
0: sister-in-law is. happens to be in hospice right now in oh. uh, a senior care center. She's 93 years old, and she had her dog. She's in hospice, and they had to take her dog because they couldn't have the dog walker come in. So she can't see her kids. She doesn't have her support dog, and she calls, and she's very, very sad, and we talked yeah. to her about, you know, about the fact that she's not alone in her faith. And But, you know, the interesting thing is that she's well enough to get out of bed, and she helps people in her unit find their rooms because she's in a memory care unit. And mm-hmm. I thought, how not the human spirit amazing that finds some way to, to help others? So, but what her kids are doing is they're writing notes to her every day and taking them and dropping them off at the hospital on little gifts and, and that oh, wow. kind of
2: thing. But it's, it's really hard on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's brutal. I mean, the suffering of the people who are the family members it's brutal, and not to minimize the pain of the, you know, the emotional pain and suffering of the the person that's dying too while they're living. My, my point was, I think that Elizabeth would talk about the dying, the moments of dying. I think it's the moment of death that people are accompanied out. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, uh, I was thinking of the stages of uh, loss that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross um, brought up the words of the stages reminds me right now of our, uh, uh, you know, are people angry, what are they doing? You know, are we in denial? You know, there's a lot of fear right now, I think.
2: I think so too. And I understand that because this is the unknown. Death is the great unknown anyway. But I think that even though there's a lot of fear and panic and I want to respect that, you know, some people say, no, be fearless. I'm like, no, Look at the fact that we do have fear and then embrace it as part of the human experience. And I think Elizabeth's work too also taught us not to be fearful, not to be fearless, but to look at fear, embrace it and then take all of that energy of fear and then put all of that energy into love. You know, she say there are basically two human emotions love and fear and all actions are derived from love or fear out of those emotions and i, I think there's something to that so everything that we do i think coronavirus and covid19 or they're teaching us to be intentional well i
1: think early on when this first started happening i kept seeing on facebook be calm mm-hmm. that doesn't help anybody what helps people is exactly what you're saying diane to, to say, okay, you know what? I'm anxious and fearful and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's normal to feel this way and how can we manage this? And like you said, turn it into love and turn it into action mm-hmm. so that we don't feel so helpless and so vulnerable. You know, speaking for, for someone that has COVID-19 and does have the coronavirus and has been quarantined, not just in my house, but in my room, it's a very isolating and scary feeling to feel like your coronavirus could get worse and that something could happen potentially. Um, Thankfully that wasn't my course, but it's terrifying. And and for those out there that don't have it, it's terrifying to think that you might get it. Now most of us will recover, that's the beautiful thing. But uh, I love the idea that that right now we are living in uncertain times and right now being a little bit scared is certainly normal.
2: I think fear is normal. And it's just, so what do we do with that fear instead of Telling people, I'm so afraid for you. I'm so afraid, you know. I love you. I care about you. You matter. All those affirmations, and I do think that's part of Elizabeth's work too, is about deeds and actions and and, and life. Um, but on that note, Heidi, you just brought up, we don't know who's going to die.
0: I would think that it would be for anyone who has died. We need to go through the mourning process and recognize personally. What it's meant to us and what kind of a loss and take the time to grieve Mm
2: -hmm. i mean
0: we just don't blow it off to another thing let's take the time to grieve the losses we have when they happen you know light a candle write a poem you know talk to a friend uh, some people say, if you talk to three friends and you can go online and do that. Uh, a friend of mine said, he was a very famous therapist, said you wouldn't need a therapist if you had three friends to talk to. So maybe you just come up, call them up and say, hey, to three different people, this is who's guide. But, uh, so you can do that online. But I think the important thing is to plan, make a plan and also create. Yeah. What can you do to create? God creates, that's what God does. And so express your godly nature and create something, you know, something small. Let's talk a little bit about denial, Diane, because I think one of the things that's happening right now is that the COVID task force and everybody is really, and Governor Como, they're really putting up how many people are dying, and I think partially because they don't want us to deny it. They want everybody to take it seriously so we will shelter in, you know, so it's a little scary.
2: It's very scary, and you're right. Um, I just got off a phone call. So, I work in the hospice industry, and yes, I, I do um, doula care. So, I am a death doula and a grief doula, meaning that I do sit bedside either virtually or in person. Um, and I help people through the dying process, sometimes six months before they're passing, and then I stay in grief up to after the fact. Right now, our country, and this is something else that Elizabeth taught me and you and others, is that to look at this globally, mm-hmm. yes, it impacts the one. It, will, it is going to impact my home and my family in a specific way. But let's look globally at how this is going to impact people. This is impacting nations of people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, and sometimes I think it's important to go, you know what, I'm one and I'm important, but it's also impacting so many other people. Mm-hmm. So, so making, now,
0: making the sacrifices that I know people are. I mean, like Heidi, you've been in, in your room for days, right?
1: Yeah. My family can't leave the house because they've all been, the, they're, they're potential carriers at this point. Right. And, and there is no leaving for anything, anything, not even a walk. I mean, there is no leaving. And so my 21 year old can't go with his his military unit. My 15 year old can't go out. The unit's bringing us food and they're leaving it at the end of the driveway because they don't want to be exposed.
0: And you wear a mask and gloves. When you pick up your food, you have a a whole uh, routine. You know, I wanted to get to one last thing and that's depression. Mm-hmm. I know that um, some of the uh, hotlines are up now for suicide hotlines are being very strong. also domestic violence is increased yes. and, and child and child abuse.
1: Mm-hmm. People are getting very very short with their children I mean their children are underfoot all day long and then they have to homeschool them. it's It's that's another
0: stressor. Be careful about drug and alcohol use right now. Yeah. You know, to have Valium to calm your nerves and then, you know, drinking, you know, drinking too much. It can really um, cause some domestic issues. Well, well, and I
1: love that Diane has her dog because mm-hmm. I think that there's nothing right now better for support than having an animal. And I know that dogs are really happy because their owners are home all the time. <laughs> Even though, but I have, <laughs> right? <Exactly. laughs> Yeah, it's it's super important if you have a pet to just be able to love on it and be able to hold it at this point.
2: In the situation of your family member who's in a home, I would suggest somebody send in a dog stuffed animal.
0: I like that.
2: Okay, I don't care if you have to smother the thing and, you know, sanitizer in order to get it in there, but... I would, if the, if they'll allow it, which they may not, but if they do, I would suggest a stuffed animal that is the color and the shape of the dog and the size. We're tactile beings. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing to the parents who are losing their minds, understandably um, because their kids are underfoot and there's so much going on and they're reaching for, you know, a glass of wine at three or two or whatever else. Right. I have one suggestion. No kidding. It really works. Get in the shower. There's research that shows oh, okay. being in, on, near, around, or under the water changes our brain chemistry and our brain makeup. It's a part of a book called Blue Mind by uh, Wallace J. Nichols. So the science is there. Get in the shower. What it does is it acts as two things it's a disruptor, so it disrupts that rage feeling. And I'm sorry, your kids, if they can you know, not injure themselves. I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone, suggesting anyone leave their babies or their toddlers running around the house like banshees while you get in the shower, right? But if you can get in the shower with your kids safely around, do it. It just releases all of the stress. It changes your brain chemistry. It helps the kids, put the kids in the bath in the middle of the day. People sometimes you say, you know, oh no, bath time's only night. No. This is a whole new world order. If chaos happens in the tub, we're gonna have splash time in the middle of the day. Why? Because all we have to do is get through. That's all. We just gotta get through. Don't self-medicate, but be gentle. Like, don't be so hard on yourself and don't add
1: to your stress. I started finally feeling a little better. I I was definitely starting to feel down and I'm like, I'm gonna take 10,000 steps in my bedroom today. Now my bedroom is small, who cares? And I put on my my Apple watch and I did. I mean, I had a goal that I was gonna take 10,000 steps back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I did it. And the other thing that's been helpful is a virtual yoga. And it's all over the internet and a lot of it's free. And your sister's got one too, doesn't she? She does, Baptiste Silicon Valley, Rebecca Barra is offering free yoga online classes right now. She's on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram. So those kind of things are really, for me, have been really, really helpful, especially being quarantined into my bedroom without anybody in there. And I love all the social media out there. I mean, people are having parties online, they're getting, having gatherings online. It's the the outpouring of support for me has been unbelievable. So I love how we're all coming together. It's like what Governor Cuomo said, we need to physically isolate and spiritually connect.
0: I want to get into that last stage that Elizabeth talked about, which is acceptance. And I, I think that, I think about that. As I said, I just think about these as words, not any kind of stages. And I realize that I have to accept the fact that it is what it is. And I, you know, want to do what the president says and, you know, what the COVID virus, um, you know, what I'm supposed to do to c- kind of help everybody in this nation and, and in the world come together to defeat this. and uh, I, as I said, I really appreciate Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and what she did for the world and and what she did for me. And I appreciate your being on the show today, Diane.
1: Oh, thank you both. Thank you, Diane. And thank you for everything that you're doing to bring hope to the world. You're such a valuable person on this earth. And I'm wondering, how do people get a hold of you if they need you right now?
2: Follow me on Instagram at D-I-A-N-N-E. B boy, G-R-A-Y, at Diane B. Gray. If you follow me on Instagram, you can send me a DM. I will get it, and I always respond. I just figure that if people are taking time out of their busy days to reach out, there's a reason, and if I don't have the answer or the resource, I'll find somebody. All right, thank you, Diane, and thanks, everybody, for joining
0: us today, and we want to say to you, stay safe and take care of yourself. And Heidi and I and Diane want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless.
1: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.